Hey, yo, what's going on? Welcome back to the World We Live In podcast. It has been a hot minute since I recorded the podcast episode, but I need to realize in myself um, that I, uh, I'm good at making podcasts. Um, I, uh, the very first podcast I ever made was Can't Wash Cats, and that podcast was, uh, was an, an uh, incredible uh, feat that I, I, that I went on. It, um, uh, Can't Wash Cats is a, was a, was a comedy podcast that I did for about a month or so with a friend of mine, Connor Charlton, and we literally, um, like, worked on this, um, you know, like, we, we, we put a lot of effort into it, and it, I still have people ask me, like, bro, why'd you stop doing that podcast? I love that shit, like, it was really good. And I was like, dang, like, I, I really need to focus on my podcasting and just my creative side of myself a lot more. And um, I'm working quite a bit now, um, but I, 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 am, I have a job right now that I like. I'm, I'm lifeguarding and I teach swim lessons and it's really fun to work with kids and teach them how to swim and stuff. And that's like a really cool experience that I'm um, doing right now. So it's really cool to actually go to work and enjoy it. Um, during February, when I stopped working on this podcast, um, I was going through kind of a hard thing mentally, um, with the, with the passing of my grandfather. Um, and I, uh, I got a job that was just awful. It was horrible. Um, it was at pilot at the gas station. It was just the travel center and it was just awful. And it was just a horrible experience overall. I learned a lot and I made money. I made like two grand in like a month or something, you know, which is like pretty solid, but it totally was not worth it. Um, I ended up selling, like I had it all in stocks and I ended up selling my stocks to buy camera gear for my movie. And I would much rather spend my money that way than, you know, slave over money that like just, you know, um, that is just like, feels like the wrong way of getting it. It's not like the wrong way of getting it. It's just not it's not, uh, it was not a fun experience, but right now work doesn't feel like work. I feel like I'm just, you know, going to have a good time at the pool. I get to swim. I get to teach kids how to swim. I meet a lot of cool kids. There's this one kid. Um, his name is Eric. I'm not going to say his last name. And, um, he's just like this funny, just ball of energy. And he's just so fun to work with. Um, and, uh, my, my friend Brady, we're teaching these lessons together and he calls us Brady and Grady. And he's like, Grady gets good grades and Brady gets bad grades. I'm Grady and I, and I do get good grades. And it's funny because Brady doesn't get that great of grades and it's kind of just a funny joke. Um, I don't know how the kid knew that. I guess he just, <laughs> it was funny. Anyway, um, so in today's episode, I'm going to go over a basic uh, uh, concept of I'm working on. I'm working on a book. It's called A 16-Year-Old Gives Advice, uh, or write, um, a 16-Year-Old uh, Writes a Book or right so this the title is not fully um set in stone yet but we're going to be going over um my my new book it's called that I'm working on it's called a 16 year old writes a book on wealth the making of a millionaire uh that title is might change it has changed a bunch I don't even remember what the first revisions were um but I'm just going to read you guys the introduction to uh this um uh to this uh book i'm working on i can't even speak because i'm not used to podcasting but i'll read the introduction right after this ad rolls (music) 
Thank you all for listening to the Can't Wash Cats podcast. If you guys are enjoying this episode so far, please make sure to follow the podcast. Also follow your host, John Westfall, on Instagram at JohnWestfall4699. You can also find me on YouTube at John Westfall. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Also, Can't Wash Cats, my comedy interview podcast, will be rebooting within the next week or two. I'll be making an episode here on the world we live in. Uh, kind of announcing that reboot of my comedy podcast, Can't Watch Cats. So thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So here I'm going to read you the very first uh, paragraph of my book. Um, a 16-year-old writes a book on wealth, the making of a millionaire. Hi, my name is John Westfall, and I'm a 16-year-old from Weed, California. Yes. I am going to start off my book with a stereotypical hello, even though that is far from the normal way I would introduce myself. But how would you introduce yourself? You would probably say something similar to my stereotypical introduction, but how would you actually introduce yourself? You see, when it comes to different situations, we tend to introduce ourselves in a different way without even realizing it. For example, my friend might introduce me to one of their friends. Obviously, I'm not going to say, hello, sir, my name is John Westfall, and I am, no. There's no point in finishing that sentence because it is completely unrealistic. Part of becoming a success, part of becoming successful is being able to realize no matter how genuine you are, everyone reacts differently depending on who they are surrounded by. All right, so I'm going to read the next paragraph. The next paragraph is about um, slightly about the experience I had at Pilot and how the whole entire time I was working at Pilot, um, I uh, it was uh, I, I was faking who I was. So here's that. The experience that really instilled and <laughs> that was a bad okay. The experience that really instilled my belief in this is when I decided to work an excruciating three months at my local Pilot gas station. The whole time there, from the job interview to the day I quit, I was playing a part. It was just like acting in a play. From my speech to the way I carried myself throughout the day and how I engaged with my bosses and co-workers, all of it was fake. Whether people were willing to admit it or not, we are all a product of our environment. We develop based on our situation. This is why so many people get stuck in a 9-to-5 god-awful job because they were conditioned for it without even realizing it. Just like no African-American plans to be in a gang, it just happens. You see, that was a little stereotype here. Um, I'm African-American, half African-American. And the reason why I threw that stereotype in there was basically to explain that um, stereotypes are very accurate to the most part. Obviously, if you, there are a lot of African-American individuals that grew up in wealthy families that have very successful families and weren't exposed to that but the thing is and the thing that we have to realize is the majority of them um were exposed to that and they're conditioned from it from when they're born it's like kendrick lamar's album damn talks about you know uh, a kid um falling into uh the hands of gun violence at a young age and how it would kill him if he didn't escape um, if you go listen to the Spotify episode of Dissect on the Damn album, uh, it, it, that really just like blew my mind. So you guys should go listen to that. But um, the reason why I wrote that is because of all of this, uh, a lot of uh, 
rappers that talk about that Kendrick Lamar J. Cole you know people that um, are the lyrical rap or rappers right they they talk about that and that's why I put it in here um, I'm gonna read the next paragraph now all right but how can we escape this generational conditioning that millions of Americans experience by becoming aware they say ignorance is bliss fuck that the the ideology that has been perpetuated by rich folks that wanted to stay rich and prevent others from becoming rich. Socrates said, ignorance is the only evil, and I find this to become more and more true throughout my young adult life. I see family members become exhumed by their unmovable perspectives that base themselves within the crux of ignorance, unable to escape, trapped within their ignorance. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a 16-year-old from Weed, California. Now we'll go on to chapter one, which is self-education. Chapter two is generational wealth and generational lack of wealth. And then um, whether you like it or not, you have to spend money to make money. Um, I begin all of these uh, chapters with some satirical kind of talking down narrative and then build the reader back up. So I'm going to read the very first paragraph of generational wealth and the generational lack of wealth. Oh boy, welcome to one of the most controversial topics when it comes to uh, social economic class. When I bring up the idea of generational wealth, people immediately jump to the conclusion that the reason why they aren't wealthy and uh, others are due to systematic and the system makes it so I can't be rich and the world is out to get me and blah, blah, blah. Shut the hell up. If any of this bullshit was true, NBA star Jimmy Butler would not have made it to the 2020 NBA Finals. If you would know, if you know Jimmy Butler, he was uh, homeless. Elon Musk would wouldn't be the richest man in the world, etc. Many, not all, but many successful indi- individuals came from nothing, which means no one has the right to complain about why they cannot be financially successful because ninety nine percent of the time, their excuses are bullshit. All right. And I'm, sh- and I'm going down to the next paragraph because this kind of goes up with the same one. So, And I'm sure all of the closed-minded individuals just became extremely offended by the introductory paragraph above. And that's okay. I still love you if that makes you feel any better. Anyway, despite my aggressive intro, what I said is true. Many people become caught up in this poor me mindset that was instilled within them from the time they were able to recognize what money was. Um, should be money is what money is what money is what money was I don't really know this book is very rough draft um, it's in a very rough draft condition it's in a very um, this is very early acts I didn't even told any I didn't even told my girlfriend I'm writing a book all right but I'm working on this book kind of on the side I'm actually supposed to be doing homework right now um, on ages some social problems but the reason why I initially wanted to write this book is because I have a very strong perspective on finance I have a very strong perspective on finance and I want everyone around me and I want people around me and I want everyone in my life that I care very closely about to become financially smart and financially successful and just have knowledge and people are so stupid with their money um, it's ridiculous all right um, for example let's say I'm sure we can all agree that um, this would be a stupid decision so um, I'm gonna make this up right now in my head so let's say you have been working on a business um, for about three to four years of your life, right? And you have, you still work, you're still working in nine to five, but you've been working on this side hustle business for about four to five years. All right. You put about, oh, let's say $1,000 in 
into startup on the business and it's been kind of self-sustaining since then um, but you haven't really made back your 1000 you've just been breaking even all right so you haven't made really any profit but you're breaking even so you're not going in a negative all right after these three to four years you finally make two thousand dollars in profit all right what is the very first thing you should do um, i would say is pay off the one thousand uh, dollar money that you initially used to kickstart this business if since you already paid it off technically since you bought it with your own money I would say put that $1,000 into a account associated with the business so that way you can use that money as a slush fund for your business. The other $1,000, um, I would say take $500 and put it into your business and the other $500 pay yourself with. All right, if you can project about two grand a month from your business, then hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty much a minimum wage job on top of your already nine to five and you're making, you're, you know, um, you're making your side hustle your living, right? Um, but instead, let's say that person does not decide to pay off their $1,000 debt that they used to kickstart this business, and they decide to spend all of it on themselves to go on a vacation. Um, I'm sure we all can agree that that is an idiotic decision, right? Just by hearing it out loud and hearing that. The funny thing is a lot of people that did not become financially uh, educated um, would be totally okay with that. They'll be like, oh, I already kind of, you know, paid it off. I just, you know, I am down because I haven't really made that money back yet. But hey, this is what I'm doing with my money is I'm just going to not put it back in my business. And I'm going to immediately spend it on an asset, on a feeling that is only going to last for a little bit on a vacation. And some people really need vacations, but you shouldn't spend two grand on a vacation. If you had money and you were saving it for a long period of time, then it's totally okay. But if you just immediately take the profits that you just made on your business and immediately turn it over on a vacation is ridiculous. Can we all agree on that? Yes, we can. All right. So um, another thing that I'm talking about in my book that I'm working on is you got to spend money to make money. And that is a fact. I don't care what you say, like, oh, that's not how work, okay, well, take a look at this from this economic perspective, all right, um, when you go to work, when you go to your nine to five job, you have to spend money, and you'll be like, oh, no, I do not, I don't spend, no, yeah, you do, you spend money on gas to go to the nine to five job, you're spending money on gas to make the money, okay, number two, you're spending money on food. Not everyone lives close to their work, so they're buying food, right? They're buying, they're you know, they go to a coffee shop, right, to get some work done during their lunch break, whatever, right? Um, your internet bill, all right? Let's say you uh, work an online job, right, and um, or whatever, right? And, uh, you know, you do Zoom calls all day. You got to pay for your internet, right? And you're all paying. Everyone pays to make money. All right, but the the way we got to think about this is being smart with our money and spending money on our on assets that appreciate. Okay? So, here's here's a little a little something, all right? Cryptocurrency. I don't know why people get so offended by cryptocurrency. Everyone's like, "Oh, I'm so scared to invest. It's risky. Shut up, you little Oh my goodness, it's so dumb." It's literally dumb, all right? I'm going to put this in perspective, okay? Um, 
there is, I understand, if you don't want to invest into something a little bit more volatile, like Ethereum um, or Bitcoin or Algorand, which is a uh, Ethereum token, um, maybe you want to just put some money in something that you, you know, doesn't fluctuate, but you get a return on. There are coins that don't fluctuate and give you return, okay? DAI, for example, is probably the safest and the best thing, the, the coin right now for a return and the safest, okay? DAI is a, I'm going to read this right here, DAI is a decentralized stable coin, meaning it doesn't move, running on Ethereum, that attempts to maintain the value of the one do, of the U.S. dollar, Unlike centralized stable coins, DAI is not backed by U.S. dollars in a bank account. Instead, it is backed by collateral on the mar on the maker platform. Note: If DAI credit system is upgraded or shut down, DAI holders may need to convert their DAI to Ethereum through the maker platform. Da -da 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 -da. Okay. The reason why DAI is great is because it's backed by Ethereum. Ethereum has not met its, met its peak, which means Ethereum has a lot of room to grow and become bigger, all right? Which means by if you put your money into a DAI, into DAI coin, DAI isn't going to go anywhere. It's not going anywhere, okay? Um, it also gives you 2% return on your DAI coin. And it maintains the value of the US dollar. So let's say I put $10,000 of my savings into DAI coin. And it's going to stay at $10,000 because it doesn't fluctuate, right? Um, 2%. So we're going to do 10,000 times 0 0.02. You're going to make an extra $200 a year. Okay, we're going to times it by 35 years. That's 7,000. All right, so let's say you put, I don't know, um, $500 or $500 a month into DiCoin. We're going to times that by 12, all right? And then we're going to times that by 35 years. That's 210,000 right there. And then we're going to times that by oh, 0 0.02. All right. Um, boom. You, you're making quite a bit of money. All right. And you're going to like, you're going to have an extra 10,000 or so if you let that money sit there for, you know, 30 years. Right. And crypto's not going anywhere. Right. And that, that's just a lower percentage return, right? If we would like to go up to higher percentage returns, we should buy Ethereum. And everyone needs to learn how to buy Ethereum and buy crypto, all right? I'm on Coinbase right now. And everyone just needs to learn the simple principle. Buy the dip and don't sell during the drop when it comes to cryptocurrency. When it comes to stocks, yeah, you can sell during the, you know, at, at its peak, right? But crypto has displayed a specific trend of spike, drop, spike, drop, spike, drop, all right? And it also has been shown, you know, when is the best time to buy cryptocurrency? Um, according to Coinbase, the best time, the best way to buy cryptocurrency is to basically buy every week, $50, every week, all right? And buy more when it's down and buy less when it's up, but you're still buying. So let's say I have a $200 budget every week. If it's down, I'm putting all $200 into a coin. If it's up, I only put $100. And you just repeat that, repeat that process. Like the market was down. 
I put a hundred dollars in. Um, I made about um, thirty dollars in a day, right? And just keep, we're trying to repeat that trend. And Ethereum now gives five percent APR on your Ethereum. Incredible. Okay, that's five percent. All right, what's five percent of a hundred thousand? Hundred thousand. So times point zero two. That's two grand extra. Extra two thousand dollars, man. Who could, who could go for an extra two thousand dollars? I could go for an extra two thousand dollars, right? So what I'm saying is, is that holding Ethereum is genius. Okay, and people need to stop being like, oh, I, it's not what I'm used to. Okay, like okay. People will go buy a house, right? Right. People will go buy a house and mostly because it's a place that they need to live in, right? Because they need a place to live. But, okay, but, um, you know, they'll buy a house and they won't even be scared of it. They're like, oh, I need to buy a house, okay? A house is one of the largest investments that you can buy. But we have cryptocurrency, right? Which is you can buy in smaller amounts than what it is to a house. And it appreciates probably just as much as a house. Same with stocks, not just individual stocks, not options trading, straight up ETF, S&P 500, Dow Jones index stocks. Here's some statistics for you. The last week, the S&P 500 was up 1.4% on um, the SPDR S&P 500 ETF. In the last month, it was up 3.8%. In the last three months, it was up 7.4%. In the last year, it was up 36.99%. In the last five years, it was up 107%. If you hold your ETFs for five years, you're going to double your money, and I promise you that. Even if the market crashed. And if the market crashed right now, I'd be so happy um, because I'm about to get a one grand paycheck and I would take all $1,000 of that and put it into a crashed market. And then that thing would double in like a year. And it just keep doing that. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. And if you notice when the market crashes, it never goes down to its lowest, lowest value. It always goes down, you know, about half as much as it grew. Right. And as long as that, that crash is not below its, um, its last upward trend, you know, then that means it's going to go back up. That's a little stock trading tip, right? If the decrease is not as um, significant as the increase, then it's going to increase again. All right. Especially, you know, if that increase is always greater than the decrease, then you're always going to keep increasing. All right. So that's a little stock tip. Anyway, so we're going to move on to the next segment of this episode. I'm going to move off of money a little bit and talk about my perspectives on some on some tech, new technology, some uh, some with the Teslas, and what uh, what do I think about you know uh, becoming full electric cars and everything, and have a little bit of a conversation about that. So, uh, move on to the ad roll. All right, so this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but I'm going to talk about uh, EVs, electric vehicles, and just kind of my perspective on that. So I think I heard on the radio or something like that on some podcast that Volvo is planning to completely convert over their whole entire um, car fleet to fully electric vehicles, um, which is cool in the sense that the electric vehicle market is going to soar and it's going to create a great valuation and it's going to give a lot of smaller companies that specialize in certain types of charging and all of this stuff, a lot of um, a lot of business and all the people that manufacture EV parts are going to really take off, right? Um, 
But as somebody that really likes to drive and as somebody that aspires to be a car guy that mods their car and, uh, you know, Aaron takes turbos, superchargers, make car fast, more horsepower, whatever, right, is super cool. And having a loud car, right, um, with an electric motor, you can't do that right now, right? We, they just have batteries and then they are silent. I would like to see two things. Number one, I pray and hope that they do not eventually ban gas-powered vehicles, okay? I want to always have the option to drive a gas-powered vehicle for the simple joy of it. If I could get myself some of those 1970 Plymouth Roadrunner, all right, or a 1970 Corvette or Mustang or Challenger or anything like that and literally soup that thing up, do a full, you know, exterior um, overhaul on it and make that thing just sexy. Like I would, I want to have the option to do that in my life, especially as somebody that is aspiring to become rich. I want to be able to go buy a car like that and drive it around and be like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm driving in my yacht right now. Uh," Like I want to be able to own a car like that. And drive it legally, okay? Number two, I hope that we can get to a place where uh, we have moddable parts and a similar feel of being able to mod your car like we can now with gas-powered vehicles. I would love to see some, like a cylinder-style gas-powered or electrical-powered car, Right. Imagine like instead of like, you know, the way the engine runs, it's electric, uses an electrical like circuit or whatever, but it looks and sounds just like a gas powered engine. That would be incredible to me if we could pull something like that off. And I think that would take a lot more technology to pull something like that off than just putting a electric battery in a car and, um, you know, making a vroom vroom. Like, no, I would love to be able to put an air intake on a Tesla, right? Or I would love to be able to put a turbocharger on a Tesla, that's not an option. But I would love to be able to do that. And if we could have that kind of moddable capability, that'd be awesome. Also, I heard it, there was this conversation about Teslas, right? Or about electric cars, EVs, right? Um, and the idea is that we might be moving towards where no one owns a car, but you pay a subscription service for a car, for your car to drive, and once you are done paying that subscription service, your car is gone and you can get yourself another car with your subscription service or what have you, right? Somebody posed a question, would you pay $200 a month to drive a Tesla model uh, X or whatever the coupe is, right? I would say yes and no. Like if I lived in the city and I drove, drove a lot um, or I did Uber or Lyft or something, I would pay the $200 for that, right? Because that's not that much, and you're probably making a hell of a lot more doing that, doing your job and everything, and it'd be totally worth it to do that, right? Um, however, I am somebody that really feels attachment to my car, and I would love to own every car I want. I buy, I would like to keep and have forever, okay? Um, a lot of people feel this way, right? If you buy a car, you don't want to sell it, you know, because it depreciates in value anyways, and it's not worth it. It's a depreciating asset, and... Um, you know, you can always mod a car and just keep it going, right? Like, I have a 1994 Honda Accord, and I want to mod that car and make it, like, JDM style, like, 
you know, put a turbo in it and have that option, right? Um, and but if I was just renting the car, it wouldn't even be renting. It would be a subscription service to own a car. And if I, I would never do anything to that car because I know that as soon as I'm done paying the subscription service, it's gone, right? Um, but for how expensive cars are, it might be worth it. Um, and you're not getting any interest on it. It's just a flat. It's just like buying Spotify. You're just buying the ability to drive a car. Um, and the idea is cool and it's very futuristic, but I just can't really get behind that because I really want to own all of my cars. I want to have the fleet with the Jeep Wrangler, you know, the GMC Duramax truck, bruh. Like, you know, have myself, um, you know, a Corvette or a, or a Porsche, man. Like, I want to have, I want to own a, a roster, a fleet of cars, of different cars, right? The mom, the, 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 uh, the wifey got the, got the Range Rover for the kids, man. Like, you know, whatever, right? Um, I want to have that option. Um, so not being able to have an option like that potentially in the future is really frightening to me, actually. Um, but I hope that we still will have our freedom to be able to drive gas-powered vehicles and to, uh, you know, purchase them fully and make that still I hopefully that is still commonplace um, in the future. Um, anyways, um, we're going to cut to the outro segment because I did not plan this episode at all. I just want to get an episode out there for all of you because I haven't been making an episode. So thank you so much for listening. All right, we're going to go to the outro. Hey, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the World We Live In podcast. As another reminder, uh, I will be relaunching my comedy interview podcast, Can't Wash Cats, with Connor Charlton, the original host, um, and I'm co-host uh, in the next week or two. It's going to be, excuse my language on this podcast, it doesn't really matter, fucking hilarious. So it's going to be awesome, and I hope you all will enjoy. Uh, we're going to talk, have interviews, have stupid conversations about all the things, sex, uh, politics, yeah, alcohol, you name it, right? I'm underage and I don't drink, I promise. Um, I'm a good child. Anyway, um, so that that will be a lot more fun podcast. This was a very informative kind of talky talk podcast um, and I would like to expand it, but um, that for people that like funny things, that podcast will be hilarious so go check it out um once it's out i'll be making an announcement on this podcast as well um thank you all for listening make sure to go follow me on instagram at john westfall 4699 also go subscribe to my youtube channel john westfall and thank you all for listening have a good day